Welkom by SL Gemeente Media. Father, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be found acceptable unto Thee, our Lord and our refuge. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Davi, for your introduction. And I think that man, I stand to be corrected, was none other than D.L. Moody, Dwight Lyman Moody. He was a farm boy. He weighed 275 pounds. He had a beard. He spoke with a rough American accent. And he came to Britain for a three-week crusade. And he stayed for three years. Whole trains used to follow him from meeting to meeting. Dwight Lyman Moody. He used what he had for Jesus. And I'd like to ask you a question tonight. What are you doing with your faith? That's what God's laid on my heart. And this young lady, thank you for that beautiful song you sang right at the, at the end. I believe in Jesus Christ. That's where, that's the crux. Do you believe? Simple as that. And uh, they say in uh, Titus 1.16, some people say they, they love God. They say they love God, but by their actions they deny Him. It's very easy to say I believe. But remember, faith has got feet. It's a doing word. And that's what happened to Dwight Lyman Moody. He used what he had. He was a shoe salesman from Chicago. He had a huge church. A wooden church that was burnt down in the Chicago fire. Dwight, Le Dwight uh, Lyman Moody came to England. And I believe he was preaching at uh, Oxford or, or, or Cambridge University. And after one of those meetings, they warned him before he went there. That you'll be speaking to the cream of the British Empire. In those days, the sun never set on the British Empire. That's a fact. And so he was quite nervous. And they said that these young gentlemen with their bowler hats and their umbrellas, sitting on a wooden, uh, on a wooden floor, if they didn't like the message, they would start to knock the floor with their umbrellas and literally walk the speaker off the platform. So he had a challenge. How's your faith tonight? At Shalom we say, if your faith doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. We say you must attempt something that's so big, that if it's not of God, it is doomed to fail. Why? Because when it works, only one man gets the glory and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen! Can we give the Lord a clap please? Thank you. Is that okay, Dominic? Thank you. He said, I must encourage you to clap a lot more. It's a joke, man. You can laugh. <laughs> and so, Dale Moody got on the platform, and he preached his heart out, and many young men gave their lives to Christ that day. But at the end of the meeting, a young lady, an old lady of British nobility came to the front. And she said, Mr. Moody, Mr. Moody, I want to tell you that that was the most atrocious English 
I have ever heard spoken in my entire life. And that man of God, never short of a word, said, Well, man, I'm using what English I've got for Jesus. Tell me, what are you doing with your English? And that's the question tonight. What are you doing with your faith? If you've got your agricultural manual with you, please. This is the book of life. Young people, this is the book that will tell you anything you want to know. This is the book of life that says, Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, respect your elders. Parents, don't antagonize your children. Employers, pay a fair day's wage for a fair day's work. And a lazy man doesn't deserve to eat. This is the book of life. This is my compass. This is more precious to me as I'm getting older than it ever was before. I'm stopping reading other books because I'm too busy reading the book. I want to say to you, if you're not reading the Bible and you're reading some of my books, chuck my books away. Read the Bible, sir. If you want to watch Grassroots on television and you're not having your quiet time, turn the TV off. In fact, throw a brick through the, the window. It's got to be all about him. 1 John 5, 7 says, There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the... And the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't say that, does it? It says there are three that bear witness in heaven, in the King James Version. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Who is the Word? His name is Jesus. You want to meet Jesus? He's here. But you've got to get up in the morning. And you've got to read. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. No shortcut. Romans 10, 17. You've got to get the Word into your heart. In South Africa at the moment, we are facing the biggest challenge of our lives. And I'm telling you, it is so exciting. Because 10, 15 years ago, to try and get people to come to church was like trying to extract teeth. But now they are coming because there is no other way. So we praise God for our tribulation. Because tribulation worketh patience, patience character, and character hope. Why do you have faith if you don't want to use it? You want to walk around with some stripes? Faith is there to help you walk the road. You want more faith? You say, oh, Mangus, I want more faith. I'm telling you, you go to the school of sorrows. That's where you learn faith. I've not met a man of God yet worth his salt who hasn't been through fire. Have you? Not one. See, some of us want our cake and we also want to eat it. doesn't work like that. You want faith, you must keep yourself pure, young lady. You don't sleep with any boy until the day you get married. Because if you do, you're a fornicator. And God will never use you. I'm talking the truth here tonight. You've fallen in love, you get married. This flesh is very strong. My God is a holy God. You want to see Him move in power and might? You've got to start living a holy life. Can I have an Amen? Amen. That's the absolute truth. If you go to 2 Kings chapter 2. I've just got one verse I want to share with you. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 14. This is the story of Elisha and Elijah. Elijah was going to heaven. 
Elisha said, I want your mantle. I want your faith. I want the power that God's given you. Elijah said, I'm too busy. He says, I'm going to follow you. How hungry are you for the word of God, son? How hungry are you to be used by God? When is the last time you spent an evening waiting on God? When did you ever weep for the lost? God does not give his glory to a man or a woman who's not prepared to pay the price. When was the last time you sweated blood for Jesus Christ? When was the last time you were humiliated for your faith? You want to be used by God? God's looking for men. Thank you, Darby, for what you said. The world has yet to see a man or a woman who's totally yielded to God. I'm telling you, this is the time. It's happening in our country in South Africa. It's happening in Australia. I've just come back from Australia. It's happening all over the world. All creation is waiting with expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. Hallelujah. We've got the answer. Can I have an amen? amen. Thank you, Jesus. So Elijah said, I won't leave you until you give me your mantle. Holy men, 40 prophets came and said, leave him, man. He's busy. Leave him. He said, I won't leave him. And he followed him. And he followed him. And eventually, the man of God, Elijah, said, listen, if you can wait and you can see me go up in that chair of fire, God will give you my mantle. And he waited and he got it. He got that mantle. He got that cloak. Listen to this. Verse 14. It says here, and then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. He rolled it up. He struck the water. That's the river Jordan. I've been there. I was there in December. I want to tell you, it's not a stream. It's a river. You can't walk through that river. It runs into the Sea of Galilee and out of Galilee and into the Dead Sea. It's a huge river. He hit that water by faith. And listen to what happened. He struck the water and he said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? As we'd say in Zululand. And when he had also divided, also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that way. And Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. And they came to meet him. And they bowed to the ground before him. This is the word of the Lord. And to his name be all praise, honor, and glory forever. Oh, young people, listen to me, man. Please, man. My time is running out. It really is. My time is running out. Six weeks ago, I stood at the gates of heaven, I'm telling you. And God redeemed me. He gave me a second chance. And I think one of those reasons is to come and tell you tonight. Don't play the fool. You cannot serve two masters. Matthew 12, 30. He who is not for me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Where are you tonight? You know how people recognize you, sir. Don't you want people to say, I know that man. That man walks with Jesus. To me, that's the greatest honor that anybody could bestow upon me. That man knows God. That's what happened to the disciples. They saw that they were unlearned men. 
Pastor had been with Jesus. Don't you want that, my boy? When you're different, you're not just one of the, the boozers and one of the womanizers with everybody else. Now I'm different. Man of God. You need faith to stand up. Gypsy Smith was also an Englishman. He was a gypsy, lived in England. He said, he said it's very easy for a compromiser to flow with a stream. It takes a dead fish to do that. But it takes a live one to swim against it. And that's what we're talking about. Where man can stand up and say, I'm a child of God, I don't do that. I don't sleep around, I don't drag it up. I'm keeping myself for the Lord. When you start to do that, God starts to move through you. And He wants to do it tonight in this place with you. Question is, are you ready? That's the question. Don't answer it too quickly, sir. Because there's a cost involved. I cannot stress that enough. I don't know where this scripture comes from. I'm sure you don't preach it, Dominic. But there's a lot of guys preachers. Come to Jesus and all your problems will be over. Hey, I'm trying to find that scripture. Maybe somebody here can help me with it. But in the Bible, man, come to Jesus and he'll use you. But it'll cost you maybe everything. Elijah told King Ahab, no rain for three and a half years. It never rained. And then Elijah said, the rain's coming. And it came. And then Elijah stood on top of Mount Carmel. I've been there. By the way, the Israeli soldiers go up there every year. And they sanctify themselves before God. He's their hero. Elijah the Tishbite. The hairy man with a leather belt. And when King Ahab saw him coming from a distance, he said, Oh, troubler of Israel, what do you want with us? Don't you want to be like that? Right? Instead of coming up and saying, Oh, well, you know. Are you a, uh, well, I am a Christian, you know, but hey, man, I'm, I'm also one of the boys, man. Right? Right? And you know, yeah, I love Jesus, but yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm also, yeah I mean, come on, we've got to live and let live. And let's not overdo it. Let's not go over the top. I reckon you've got to be radical to be a normal Christian. Let me see you coming from a long way away. Elijah was on top of that mountain. He challenged 450 prophets of Satan. He said, let's see who God is. You make an altar, and I'll make an altar. You burn an ox and I'll burn an ox. 450 guys to one. 450 to one. I think it's good odds, eh? Sam, I feel sorry for the prophets of Baal. It was a bit heavy that day. 450 to one. But you see, that man knew who he was in Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ tonight, my girl? That's the question you've got to ask yourself. Do you know who you are in Christ? And they tried to call the fire down. Nothing happened. Remember, they danced. They cut themselves with knives. They were bleeding. Nothing. The man of God was waiting, and he waited, and eventually he started getting quite, actually quite rude. He said, where's your God? Is he going to relieve himself? And then when the guys were finished, he got on his knees and he called fire down from heaven. You want to call fire down from heaven? I'm telling you, it's the time again to call fire down from heaven. We're not living in the last days. We are living in the last minutes of the last days. And God is answering his men, I'm telling you. And they are rising to the occasion. But it's going to cost you. Where is the God of Elijah? And I read just the other day, Davi 
The God of Elijah is waiting for a modern day Elijah to call upon him. He's waiting. He's the same God he's always been. He hasn't changed. And those prophets were just like you and me. What was the difference? They had a desire to meet God. That's all. God hasn't changed. Maybe we've changed. Maybe we're a bit too comfortable. Well, I want to tell you, I'm out of my comfort zone, sir. I'm right out of my comfort zone. I'm here today by grace only. The only difference is maybe I know it and maybe you don't. See, I've been preaching for 30 years about the time running out. But when you stand at the gates, then you understand it's finished. I came back from Australia at the beginning of this year. I got a phone call from Port Elizabeth. Angus, please, man, come down and pray. We want rain. I love farmers. It's a bird. I know what it's like when a farmer has to get up in the morning and find his sheep lying on the ground dead because of starvation. I said, boys, I'm coming. You might sit there and say, you're pretty arrogant, aren't you? Who do you think you are? The one newspaper phoned me up, and it was a, an African gentleman. And he was a lovely guy. <laughs> he said, Mr. Bucket, I believe you are coming to Port Elizabeth. I said affirmative. <laughs> they tell me you are coming to pray for rain. I said that's right. Do you have any experience? <laughs> I said funny you ask me. I've just come back from Australia and it's raining in Australia. <laughs> oh, very good. Would it be correct if I called you the rainmaker? I said, no, it wouldn't. I'm the rainmaker's son. Oh, he says that's all right. Yeah, let's give the Lord a clap. Yeah, I think that's worth it. I'm the rainmaker's son. Mr. Bucket, when I write this article, would it be correct if I called you the, the delivery boy? I said, no, that's a good title. <laughs> God's delivery boy. But you see now, what happens now, we're on the plane, eh? Now we're going to Port Elizabeth. And I tell you what, there's nothing like tribulation to draw a crowd. They said, where, do we, where should we have a meeting? I said, well, what about the city hall? They said, it's too small. There's an indoor athletics center in Utenate. Maybe some of you even know what I'm talking about. That's where we'll have it. When I got there, it was full. Top and bottom. Chock-a-block. People standing outside. But yeah, Lord. You see, you see, guys, I'm sharing something with you. I never had the privilege of going to Bible college. And I want to say this to you. Darby, and I mean this. And to see us. I would love to go to Bible college. Because I love the word. I just never had the privilege. I'm a farmer. But man, I've been to the school of life. Been to the school of hard knocks. These are not wrinkles. These are war maps. I got that out of a western. Sounds quite good, eh? <laughs> we, as the plane came landing, I tell you what, I saw smoke. I thought it was mist coming across the, the, the runway. 
I thought, Jesus, you're so good, man. We haven't even arrived and the rain's coming. Until I realized it was the fine bush that was burning. Now, just one hour away in KwaZulu-Natal, the grass was green. It was this high. It was raining. I don't know what happened. No rain, nothing. We arrived at that stadium. And you see, son, that's when you need to know your God. You need to know Him before you go into a situation like that. Because we're not saying maybe, Mshlambe, as we say in Zulu, we are saying, Jesus is going to bring rain. But you must know, I'm also human. I've got blood flowing through these veins. What happens if? Well, we don't go down that road, do we? What you've got to do is you've got to know the Lord. We got into that stadium, it was packed out, indoor sports center. Joe, you were with me. We preached everything about life and nothing about rain. We preached the gospel message. We told people to repent. We told people to stop sinning. We just preached the gospel. And when we finished, we said, Lord, we're not going to pray for rain. The people prayed. We walked outside that place, and I'm telling you, there wasn't even a cloud the size of a man's fist in the sky. Nothing. Luto. I'm saying, Jesus, it's your reputation here. It's not mine. I don't have a reputation. I want to tell you something now. I love God so much. And my confidence is totally in Him. Joe, about 10 minutes later, I'm going to the airport. He got an SMS. Graf Renet has just had 40 millimeters of rain. Don't clap yet. Just walk a bit. <laughs> then we got another one from, I don't know, in the Karoo. They just had two inches. And then another one. And then I went home and I was naughty because I never watch the weather report when I'm praying for rain. Never. I watched that weather report for about three weeks, but and there was a band of rain from Bloemfontein to Port Elizabeth permanently. It was dry in Cape Town. They had bushfires there. It was dry further up towards East London that way, but right there was just rain. God honors faith, man. And He got all the glory and all the honor. Can we give Him a clap, please? He's a good God. He's a good God. Receive and ask, where is the God of Elijah? He is waiting for today's Elijah to call upon him. Problem is, there's no Elijah's calling upon him. Where is the God of Elijah? The God of Elijah is waiting for the Elijah of today to call upon him. I'm telling you, I, I, I spend most of my time in my prayer closet at the moment. I'm talking three, four hours a day, man. It is, I can tell. I can tell you stories till the cows come home, man. About a living God. I've just come from a meeting now. We've come on a train from Worcester. You were there this morning, sir. You saw it. We spoke about living in sin. We spoke about shacking up and you're not married. And at the end, I said, is there anybody here that's living with his girlfriend who wants to get married? What a question. Because we want to marry you right now. Have you ever heard of that before? Well, the Heilige Geist told me to tell them that. How many people, Greg? Five couples came up on the platform. I married them this morning. Come on. Five. This morning. 
And then when we finished the service, another two couples came, seven couples. They said, we've been married in a magistrate's court and we want God to bless our marriage. Why? Because I asked them, that's all. But what happens to Amangus if I don't care about that? I am committed now to just doing what God's told me to do. What about you tonight? That's what I want to do. I want to pray for you tonight. Where are you tonight in your life? Why are you in this country if you're a South African? Because God's called me. That's good. Fair enough. If God tells me to go to America tomorrow, I'll go. If God tells me, I'll go. God tells me to come back here, I'll come back here. That's why we're here at the moment. But I won't go anywhere God tells me not to go. What about you tonight? Where do you stand? I want to encourage you that you need to call on the name of the Lord God of Elijah. And he will answer you and he will not forsake you. I'm going to tell you one more story. That's all. And then I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay? One more story. I want to tell you about some Afrikaners by the name of Dutoy. The Dutoys. They came to the farm to a mighty man conference about three, four years ago. I can't remember when. Two Burkis. They weren't great preachers. They weren't even drummies. They were mini farmers from Middleburg in the Mpumalanga area. Does anybody know the Dutoys? All right, there we go. Yeah, it's plenty up here. So if I'm out of line, you just correct me. Now listen to this miracle. I want you to listen to this. Yeah, it's amazing. Man. It's amazing. We finished the Mighty Men Conference. I got a phone call from Paul Dutoy. Well, Angus, and he's crying on the phone. Eh? So I let him come and see you. I said, what's wrong, Paul? Now I just met him once. He said, I had a dream during the night. God woke me up. He says, I've got to come and see you. I said, come. So him and his brother Pete came. They landed up at the farm. They drove straight from Middleburg to the farm. They got there about 11 o'clock. When I saw them, they walked into the office. They were pale. They were very, very emotional. And I thought, oh, what's going wrong now? Maybe somebody's died or something. I don't know what it is. They sat down. And I pulled the toy. He told me he had a dream. I said, Omegas, after the Mighty Men Conference, I went home. And I was lying in my bed sleeping. And I had a dream. I had a dream that the Lord came into my room. And he looked at me. I could see it. He wanted to see if I was going to laugh, you see, or something. I'm not laughing, son. He said, I never saw his face, Omangus. I just saw a bright light. And he spoke into my heart. Where is the God of Elijah? He's waiting for the modern day Elijah to call upon him. He said, Angus, God has told me something. I said, what? And Peter's sitting next to him. These are big farmers, boys. These are not Mickey Mouse farmers. Big farmers. They grow over 5,000 hectares of mealies. They've got potatoes, cattle. They've got a lot. He said, God has told me to go to Loftus Fesfeld, the most famous rugby stadium in South Africa and one of the most famous rugby stadiums in the whole world. And God has told me to go and hire it, Angus. And by this time, he's crying. And I love young people. Man, I love young people. Soft hearts. Take the word literally. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. I love being around young people. It's like being around a fire, man. You get warm. Some of the older guys, and I'm not a story. 
Yeah, well, okay, I'm not so sure. You know, that was just an illustration. That wasn't an illustration, that was a fact. I said, Paul, Paul, run on, man. He said, do you really think so, Amangus? I said, did God tell you? He said, yeah. I said, well, what are you waiting for? He said, Amangus, there's just one other thing I want to tell you, man. I said, what? He said, God told me you're going to be the speaker. (laughs) (laughs) My brother-in-law is sitting right there. And I love him so much. You remember Waverly Hills? You remember where we stayed? We had our second campaign was in Port Elizabeth. The Feather Market Hall. I'm talking 18 years ago, folks. You see, it doesn't just sooner happen, guys. It doesn't just sooner happen. Yeah, but I've asked God and He hasn't answered me. Where did you ask Him? Last week. Hey, man, I'm talking 18 years. Abraham waited for Isaac 100 years. My faith, He got him. What's wrong with you? Where's your faith, man? We had a, a campaign. Port Elizabeth. There's a place called Waverly Hills out in the country. That's where the team stayed. One morning I was having my breakfast. There's an old gentleman who was the caretaker. He went out into the felt and he cut a thorn tree, a branch, and he made a cross of thorns. I mean, a, a, a crown of thorns. And he brought it in. I don't know why. And I was sitting having my breakfast and he came and he put the crown of thorns on the table in front of me. Tears were running down his face. He said, I'll see you at Loftus Festival. And he died after that. But I believe he was with me in Loftus Festival in the spirit. I never knew what that meant. I never pursued it. And these two Afrikaans boys came down to the farm. Where's the God of Elijah? He's waiting for the modern day Elijah to ask him. And so Paul went back with Pete. You see, I want to say another thing to you. You must listen carefully. Don't be scared of opposition. Because you will get opposition. Plenty. And you know the tragedy is a lot of it comes from the church. Oh yes. Because they don't like you to rock the boat, man. And so they went back and they went to see Baron van Graan. That's a good English name, eh? And he's the CEO of Loftus. He's become a good friend of mine. He's a man that's built like an ox. He's got a neck like I've never seen before. And Paul went there and they said, Mr. Van Graan, we want to hire Loftus Fesfeld. He said, what for? They want to have a, we want to have a felt talk. He said, this stadium, no politics, no religion. Okay, Mr. Van Graan. But God told me. He said nothing. He went back. Came down to see me, Pete. Paul, Romagus, it's no go. And God told me to tell them three things. I don't remember saying this. See, this is how exciting it is, man. I don't think I did say anything. They just thought I said it. I told them three things. Number one, you will get Loftus Festival. Number two, you will pay nothing for it. And number three, it will be full to overflowing. Impossible. Never ever been full before for a Christian meet, ever. Because buyer geld. Buyer. More geld than you've got. Or me. They went back. Mr. Van Graan. 
Coach says, we need the stadium. He said, okay, you can have it. He said, but I'm telling you, you won't even get 10,000 people here. They've tried it before. It doesn't work. And it's going to cost you higher health. That's what happened to Elijah, standing by the river. He's got the, he's got the, he's got the mantle of Elijah, and now he's going to strike the water. See, faith is a doing work. And that's where you stop a lot of you. I'm just going to stop this afternoon. You get that far and you say, but what happens if? What happens if the money doesn't come? What happens if the people don't come? What happens if it rains that day? Right. These boys went back and I'm telling you, they got the stadium. You know that three months before we had that, that meeting, it was sold out, eh? Sold out. Sold out. No tickets. 72,000. Can we give the Lord a clap, please? 72,000. The biggest crowd that Loftus has ever had. Ever, ever. Even up to now. Because when it's full, it's 55,000. But you've got to still play rugby on the field. We fill the field as well. Hallelujah. Man, folks, are you excited? You don't look too excited to me, man. Huh? I know it's hot in here. You need to stand up, man. You need to start talking. Talking, man. I am so excited. The problem is it took me so long, man, to realize that God just wants you to call upon His name. I went to see Mr. Van Graan just before the meeting because I wanted to see how we're going to do the preaching. And I was very naughty and I nearly got a big hiding. I said, Mr. Van Graan, you tell those boys that if they can fill Loftus Festfeld, you'll eat your hat. I said, are you going to eat it now or later? Hey, he didn't appreciate that, eh? But he's become a good friend. And he prayed for me in Afrikaans, and I prayed for him in English. And it was, one of, it was one of the greatest moments of my life. Remember, boys, I thought I could hear, I think I did, angels' wings. When I heard 72,000 people singing, Our Father who art in heaven in Afrikaans, the music stopped and I cried like a baby. Was anybody there, by the way? There you go. Look at them all over the place. Wasn't that awesome? Never forget it as long as I live. And you know, after that day, son, I said, Lord, you can never outdo that. And you know what he said? He said, watch me. <laughs> and we've just come from the most amazing meeting I've ever had. I'm still very emotional, madam. You must forgive me. Because we saw something like 200,000 men come to our farm. By the Wednesday, before the Friday, the meeting even started. I think there was 100,000 men already camping. Unbelievable. I have never seen so many men in my life. We got the biggest sound system that we could find. We got the biggest platform that we could find. And we trusted God. We put eight kilometers of six-inch piping through those farms just for water. We had 23,000 toilets built. Fact. We needed 300,000 liters of water an hour just for the boys to wash. And then God tested me so severely. And that's how you get faith. You see, you don't get faith without action. Open air, no tent. Last year we had the biggest tent in the world, remember? No tent, open air. Monday started raining. Tuesday it rained. Wednesday it went down to five degrees. I was jogging in the morning and the sleet was coming down. 
I was weeping. We got eye ticket to do the bookings. And they connected me up with their cell phone. My son Andy did that. And the numbers just weren't registering. They just weren't coming. But everything else was there. They came and they put that platform up by faith. It took them the same amount of time to put that platform up as it took to put the tent up last year. Those pylons were eight stories high. We had, I don't know, four, twelve, I don't know how many screens we had. Day, day night screens. And we didn't have the money, sir. God had the money. See, if your faith is costing you nothing today, it's worth nothing. It cost me everything. And you know something? I was so proud because it cost my sons everything. They put their farms on the line. Nobody was coming. I was in the forest for a week, crying out to God. A week? Lord, in the name of Jesus! Lord, you told me to do this. Six years ago, Lord, you said to me that I've got to father them, young men. We started with 240 men. We went to 600, to 1,060, to 7,400, to 60,000. Lord, we believe it for 200,000 men for our nation. Because we believe it's going to turn our nation completely. Because the Lord says in the last days, Elijah, the spirit of Elijah will turn the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. But we weren't seeing anything with our eyes, were we? And I want to tell you, Friday, they started coming. Well, Wednesday, 100,000 men. Friday, it was a... F well, I don't want to go down and... It's not good to talk about numbers. David did that and God didn't bless him for that. But it was full. Was there anybody there, by the way? We're just full up here, man. Praise the era. Amen! And then, it was awesome. Spirit of Elijah. And I want to finish with this. Joe came to see me. He flew all the way from Johannesburg for one hour. We met in Peter Marisburg. He said, Angus, I've been fasting and praying. He said, God showed me that the glory of God is going to come down on this weekend like never before. All the other five mighty men conferences are going to culminate for this one. I said, I witness with that. We didn't know how it was going to come. We didn't know whether it was going to come through the music, whether it was going to come through the campfires, carrying around the campfires, or even through the Word. We didn't know. But we knew it was coming. But God had a special plan for us. My friend, John 12, 24 says, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much grain. Some dying had to take place that weekend. Friday night I preached the biggest crowd I've ever preached in my whole life. And I want to tell you, man, booty, it was huge. I made an altar call I have never in my life in 30 years of preaching seen so many first-time commitments. I think a third of that crowd committed their lives to Jesus for the first time ever. Can we give the Lord a clap for that, please? Saturday morning, I didn't even sleep Friday night. I couldn't sleep. Would you be able to sleep? If you had 200,000 men come to your house, could you sleep? It was amazing. But the glory hadn't come. Hadn't come. But it was amazing. Saturday morning, I preached my heart out. And you know, those meetings, by the time you finished, 
You've been there for two hours, eh? Those guys are not coming for a 15-minute talk, boys. They come a long way. We had 33 farmers from Australia alone for the weekend. We had men from Israel, from Turkey. Who invited them? Angas. I didn't say Angus. I said Angas. That's Zulu, by the way. It means I don't know. But they came. And they came. Saturday morning, I preached my heart out. And then, and then it happened. The Jordan parted. I walked off that platform, I collapsed. My son caught me in his arms. They brought me around, they gave me oxygen. I said to the boys, I'll be back at five o'clock. That was the next meeting. I didn't come back at five o'clock. Took me to my house. I sat in the garden with my wife, my best friend. Man, I love that girl so much. She gave me a cup of tea. I drank half the cup of tea. Collapsed the second time on the lawn. Finished. Doctors came. Plenty. Plenty of doctors. When you've got 200,000 men, plenty of doctors. <laughs> it was well organized. Plenty of everybody. You want engineers? There's plenty. You want doctors? You want farmers? There's thousands. And they came. And they set up a portable field hospital in about five minutes. And they put all these rubber things on my chest. And they saw on the, on, on the screen that my blood pressure was just going down. Down, down, down. My little daughter, the youngest one, this man's wife, is very special to me. She told her brother, Dad's going. Can't stabilize him. They took raw adrenaline. They pumped it into my veins to try and keep me alive. In desperation. They had those jump leads. They were going to shock me if that didn't work. And after that, it was mouth to mouth, and then it was, it was over. The paramedic wrote a report. You need to get it. He said, I've been a paramedic for 29 years. He said, if that wasn't a heart attack, I've got to go back to medical school because I've been living a life for 29 years. I was going. I want to say to some of you people here today who were scared, scared to die. I just said it to my brother-in-law now. When a believer dies, there's no pain. No pain. I was lying on the lawn. I couldn't move. My wife was with me and my children. And the doctors were just standing with me and waiting for the helicopter to come from Durban. A helicopter. They cut the fence open. They put the, brought me out of the garden in a stretcher. They put me in that helicopter. As the helicopter took off, I saw something I'll never forget as long as I live. I saw something like 200,000 men with their hands raised up towards that helicopter. Praying the prayer of faith. Took that helicopter 15 minutes to get to Peter Marisburg. As the helicopter landed, they took me out. There was a specialist waiting, a Muslim by the way. See, God doesn't do things the way you think. And he was trained in America and he's one of our top cardiologists in South Africa. He put me on the machine. He says, Mr. Bucken, I don't understand this. I said, what's wrong? He said, there's nothing wrong with your heart. Nothing. He says, come to my rooms. They took me in a, in a, in a wheelchair. He put me on a treadmill and I had to start running. <laughs> this was after about an hour and a half. I ran for 20 minutes. He inclined the treadmill. I was running uphill. <laughs> downhill. He says, there's nothing wrong with you. You can go home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the healer. He's the
the miracle worker. He's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords and he's your God. And he's waiting for you to ask him. And nothing's happening because you're not asking him. You ask not, you get not. And in the meantime, my son Andy got on the platform and he told the guys, Dad's not here. But you didn't come here for Dad, you came here for Jesus. And the meetings went on and I'm going to tell you, and I'm telling you, I'm humbled by this. It went better than when I was there. <laughs> oh yes. Humble yourself. We spoke about it, didn't we, yesterday? In the sight of the Lord. And He will lift you up. I came back that night, Sunday morning, I was back on the platform. Have you heard of a man who's had two heart attacks? Get back on a platform and preach in 12 hours? Some men that have two heart attacks never ever get up again. Permanently injured. Invalids. There's nothing wrong with me. Do I sound like I'm sick? What about you today? I've said enough now. Where, are you, where do you stand today? Are you calling upon the God of Elijah? Or are you playing the fool? All creation is waiting with expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. 2 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9a The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout this building to find himself strong on, one, on behalf of one man whose heart will be loyal towards him. When I came here this afternoon, I, I, I love history. I said to the, the Domini, how long has this building been standing? See, I'm a dreamer, madam. I'm a dreamer. I've studied all the revivalists. John Wesley, George Whitfield. I studied them all. Spurgeon, the whole lot. And I'm in the same place. And I'm going to find out how many men preach in this place. And I can tell you something now. They were not, they were not whispering. And they were not preaching about rubbish. They were preaching about holiness and power. That's why there's a revival that started in this country. and went right around the world. But it's time for the revival to come back from Africa. Back to where it came from. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, it's happening. It's happening. What about you this afternoon? I want to pray for you. Because I sense in my spirit, since I've come to Britain, and I love this place. You see, my father and mother came from Scotland, just north of the border. My wife... And my brother-in-law's mom and dad came from here. Mother from Cornwall, father from Leicester. I'm detecting in my spirit that there's a lot of depression and anxiety in this country at the moment. That's what I'm detecting. A heaviness. In our nation of South Africa at the moment, it's very clear-cut. You're either there or you're there. You're either red-hot or you're ice-cold. There is no in-between. There are no more nominal Christians in our country. You are either on fire for Jesus, burning for Jesus, as he was singing, or you're not at all. And it is awesome. It is awesome. I can't wait to get back home. Now I want to ask you today, are you suffering from depression, anxiety, fear? Are you complacent? Are you filled with apathy? You see, in South Africa, we can see the devil that we're fighting. Violence, crime, murder, we can see it. But what's happening in the first world nations? The devil is subtle. He just comes in and he just makes you lie down and get quiet and go to sleep. And that's the worst place to be, sir. Now, I want to pray for you this afternoon that God will put a fire in your heart, man. 
But you say, Lord, I won't let go of you unless you bless me. Like Jacob. Lord, you won't let go of me like Elisha. I want the mantle of God. But in order to do that, you've got to give your life to Jesus completely. I want to pray for you. Is that all right, Jimmy? I want, to want, I want to pray one prayer for you. Because I love you. Because I love you. And because I believe God sent you here to set Great Britain on fire. But it's going to cost you. Are you prepared to pay the price? You say, Angus, I'm tired of the way I'm living. I want to start living for something that's real. I want to have an encounter with the living God. I want to know Him. So Paul said, oh, that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. Philippians 3.10. You want that, folks? If you want that, can you stand to your feet, please, so that I can pray for you? Stand up now and I'll pray, God, put a fire in these people's hearts. Lord, bring a revival through this church and through these people. Lord, don't let them rest until they call out and they cry out to the, to the God of Elijah. We're going to pray one prayer. We're going to pray a prayer of repentance. Dominic, can you come and stand with me? But we're going to pray a prayer of repentance. What is repentance? Lord, I am sorry because I've been slapped. I'm sorry because I've been lukewarm. Jesus says, I'd, ra I'd rather you be ice cold than lukewarm. But I would prefer you to be red hot. You know, I only have one regret in life, sir. One regret, and this is the truth. You know my only regret? That it took me so long to realize what God wants to do through a man who's available. It's my only regret, nothing else. I regret nothing else. And I'm trying to make up for lost time, man. And I want to tell you, if you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Son, all these other things will be added to you. You say, what's going to happen next year? I don't know. The boys say they're coming back. I don't even know if we're going to have one. They said they're coming anyway. But we are ready for whatever God says. I'm going back. Next month I'm in Rustenburg. We've got the stadium. Then the next month I'm in Bloemfontein. We've got the rugby stadium. People are saying, but that takes two or three years to prepare. Ek Vietni. But we're going anyway. And I know it'll be full because he's a good God. What about you? I want to say one last thing before I pray for you. And this is just to encourage you. I've got a standard eight education. Okay? I'm a farmer. I'm an uneducated man. You know what happened last week for the first time? Grassroots. It's a program that we've got on television. It's going right around the whole world. It's going global every Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. Can you give the Lord a clap, man? God is no respecter of persons. He'll use any man, any woman, any boy, any girl who says, Lord, I'm available. I believe God told you to introduce me, not me, but to use that illustration tonight. I really believe that, Darby. I believe you're right online. If you told me five years ago, Um Angus, your program's going to go right around the world every Saturday morning at 7 o'clock, I would have laughed at you. I'm not laughing anymore. I'm ready. We're doing eight programs a week, every week, plus the stadiums. And I'm writing another book. It's called Coming of Age. I've come of age. 
not apologizing for anything anymore. But I want to pray for you. What's your vision, sir? What is your vision? If it doesn't scare you, it's not big enough, man. What do you want God to do for you? Nothing. Well, you'll get nothing. You ask for nothing, you get nothing. What do you want, sir? You want to see your family saved? You want to see your nation on fire? Well, start praying, please, because it's going to happen. What are you believing for? You want God to use you, son? Well, just make yourself available. But I tell you one thing he doesn't do. He does not compromise for any man. You cannot serve two masters. Either you serve God or you serve the world. That's one thing I have realized. So we're going to pray a prayer of repentance. We're going to ask God to forgive us. And we're going to start again. Can I have an amen, please? I would like you to pray after me. Is that okay, Dominic? One prayer. We'll pray that together. Is that all right? I don't want you to close your eyes. I want you to keep your eyes open. I'm going to get on my knees because I love him. Because he's my king. My savior. Can we pray? Dear Lord Jesus. This afternoon. I repent. Of all of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. For the lack of faith. I make a decision today. To trust you. With all of my heart. I will serve no other gods but you. I thank you for dying for me. A sinner. On the cross of Calvary. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Can we give the Lord a clap? A big one. A big one. Yes. 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 That's it. Can you see their faces? Can you see their faces? That's him. Jesus. He is the king. He is the Lord. He is the king. He's the miracle worker. And he died for you. And nothing is too hard for him. Nothing. Folks, before I head back to Darby, I just need to do one thing. And this is now, we're in the presence of God. I can see it on your faces. I wish you could see yourselves here. And it happens every time. There was a solemnness here just now. I felt like I was, uh, I was plowing deep. And the plowing was quite hard. After you prayed that simple prayer, simple prayer, it's like there's a breakthrough, it's like the sun came down. Cake died, yeah? Can you see them all smiling? Because you're free. The sun shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. And all the people down under, God bless you, man. And I trust you all stand in as well and you all pray that prayer. If today was the first time that you prayed that prayer publicly, all I want you to do is just to raise your hand, please. Could you do that? First time, raise it right up, my girl. Today is the first time I've put it up, but don't be scared, man. What are you scared of? Today is the first time. Thank you very much up there. First day today and down here, and I don't know what it's like downstairs, but I hope it's good. I want the rest of you. Put your hands up. Right up. First time.
want you to tell three people after this service that today I made a public confession of my faith in Christ. And I promise you, your life will never, ever be the same again. I want to pray for the sick. Is that okay? Just right here. You are sick in your body. Maybe you're suffering from migraine headaches. Maybe it's ulcers. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, it's, it's insomnia. You can't sleep at night. Maybe it's back problems, chest problems, heart problems. I want to pray one prayer of faith, of faith. And I want to believe God for a miracle. You are sick in your body. I don't want you to come to the front. Because God has shown me there's many sick people in this place today. I want you to raise your hand. Angus, I am sick and I want God to heal me. Raise your hand right now. Thank you very much. Now keep it up. I want those people that are standing next to you. That are believers. And everybody prayed that prayer. Put your hand on that man standing next to you. And I'm going to pray one prayer. And we're going to believe God for a miracle in your life. Right now. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I'm praying. In Jesus' name. I'm asking you to set the captives free and heal the brokenhearted. I thank you, Lord, for healing those physical ailments right now. In Jesus' name, be healed tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Please pray for us in South Africa. We need lots of prayer. But the revival is there. I'm telling you, we are in revival in South Africa. May the Lord bless you, and I love you so much. Remember, you cannot serve two masters. And start getting into the word, and that faith will grow, and God will use you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.